This is Brother Frank, and welcome to another episode of The Remnant Call. I'm glad to have you here tonight. And listen, folks, if you didn't hear the last programs we had, uh, I played a piece from David Wilkerson. It was a warning, and it was also an admonishment. It was it was uplifting about the last day's church, and you've got to go hear it from last week. And folks, the, we are living in the most perilous times we have ever known. I know that's hard for some people to understand because you don't see the Chinese troops at your door. But folks, I want to warn you tonight, don't wait till they're at your door. It's not time to wait. We need to be prepared now. We are living in an hour of judgment and wickedness, and there are principalities and powers in very high places of this country right now. And our war is on our knees. And there is a person who I want to bring in tonight. You know him well that has over the last since 1999, when I first heard Brother Benjamin Brook, who reminded me over and over again who it is that is fighting our war for us. And that is our heavenly father. And we must remember the intensity and this hour and where we need to direct our focus on, because folks, anything less could leave us in absolute delusion. And the Bible talks about a very strong delusion. And the reason for that strong delusion, the Bible says is because they love not the truth. Boy, if that was ever a truer statement today, people don't love the truth anymore. Well, with that, I'm going to bring on Brother Benjamin here tonight. We're going to get into to the remnant call. Brother Benjamin, are you here with us? Yeah, let me unmute my microphone. Hey, good no, evening, you're, Frank. Yeah, you're there. Amen. Gotcha. Praise yeah, God. Right on. Brother, thank you. you. This is short notice. I know, brother, thank you for coming on tonight. I had a, my daughter goes to a Christian school, had a program tonight. And, and folks, this was the one thing, the bright light in this world. I was listening to the speaker share with the kids about the power of prayer and fasting. And I'm like, wow, what a breath of fresh air in this hour. That there are still some people out there who know and understand what it's like to get it done. Benjamin, I was very thankful at that moment that this man was teaching these children that some of these demons, some of these hard things, they don't come out, but by prayer and fasting. So, brother, thank you so much for joining me and helping me out tonight here on the Remnant Call. And, brother, I'm going to ask that you would open us up with a word of prayer tonight. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word of truth, which is a light unto our path. Thank you for salvation, for mercy, for your loving kindness. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for Jesus. Amen. Thank you for your son, who you gave as a perfect offering cover our sin. Truly, you, O God, have become our salvation. I thank you, Lord, that you will protect that which is yours. And I also thank you that everything else will be burned in Gehenna. Yes. Lord, a time of time of sifting and testing is upon us. Time such as never was is now coming to pass. And yet for the unbelievers, nothing's changed. But for those who have eyes to see, darkness grows stronger by the day. Papers, please. I feel like I'm living in the 1930s. inside a country called Germany. Lord, have mercy upon us. And you warned us this time would come. You warned us a perilous time would come. And the word literally means a demon-possessed time would come. And this is that time. Yes. And the satanic is manifesting. 
multitudes in the valley of decision, and the vast majority of them, the many are choosing the wide road that leads to ruin. They are choosing their own will. They are choosing to follow the spirit of this age. Ultimately, they will choose to bear the mark of the beast. They will choose the covering of his name. But we bear the marks of Jesus in our lives and in our hearts, Lord. Let the mark in your flesh, the cross, the nails that literally pounded our sin into the cross, let it be a mark upon our hearts that brings us to repentance. Amen. Lord, we are in a time of great satanic oppression and great, great demonic possession is around everyone. But deep repentance prayer is more powerful than than deliverance prayer in this hour. Mm. Pray your conviction will come upon us. I also pray that the people would wake up and stop sinning. Stop your busyness. Stop making Babylon the priority of your life. Give the first fruit offering of each day to the Lord. Make time for your God when you first arise. If you need to set an alarm to get up early, then do so. Bring an offering of praise and prayer and worship before you pursue the the needful things of the day. Pursue the things that matter most in the spirit because the days are growing increasingly evil and we need to be under the covering. The hand of God. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit that we can walk through this time with the discernment. Amen. The prudent shall keep silent for the days are evil. If that verse does not apply to this hour, when do you think it will apply? This is the time of Isaiah 26. Father, I pray we'd be given ears to hear. I pray your your Holy Spirit would touch the hearts of the listeners to this program and that we all would respond to the admonitions of heaven that we might begin to enter in to the secret hiding place and to the overcoming power of the, of the life and the blood of Jesus. Amen. Which is the testimony of the remnant who overcame the world, the dragon and their own flesh through the power of the blood of the lamb and the word of our own testimony. And that our testimony would be the truth. Spoken out of a pure heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Devote yourself to prayer. When the disciples asked Jesus, what then should we do? The Lord said, pray without ceasing that you be accounted worthy to escape all of these things which shall now come to pass and stand in the very presence of and as the diplomatic representative for the king of glory. Mm. Pray without ceasing. It's a metaphor, of course. You know, Practically, we cannot pray 24 hours a day. But devote yourself to prayer is another another way to say the same admonition, which is the commandment of Jesus unto this last generation. Yet how many even pray? Mm. Setting aside the time in your shower, setting aside the time while you drive, setting aside the time that the tire traction is released from your vehicle and suddenly you're, you're without brakes, or steering, or your car is beginning to veer off the road. We all find time to pray in the moments of crisis, but will we find time to pray in the quiet moments before we greet each day? The days are growing increasingly evil. We must put our time in our prayer closet first 
and foremost, a people that will not pray are a people that cannot obey. The day of God's power, his righteous remnant shall be made willing. They will overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit that will overshadow them. That anointing will only come upon those whose lamps are already full. If we're so busy chasing the things of Babylon, we have no time to fill our lamps with the anointing from on high. In the midnight hour, when you hear the cry, when you hear the trumpet sound, and the cry of the bridegroom shall be heard, there will be no time to trim your lamps and no time to, build, to buy any oil. No, you must purchase the oil now. It comes with a price. It comes with an investment. It comes with a commitment to put the king of kings first. First fruits for the firstborn son of the father who has been our savior and our king and our brother and our friend. He paid a price. We can't imagine the price that was paid. Physical suffering of the Lord is beyond comprehension. The spiritual suffering that went along with the cross, with the beating, the blindsided blows to the face without the ability to even, even glance off the blow. Thorns pounded into his skull. Lashes tearing the flesh and, and muscles off the bones of his back. Nails pounded through hands and feet through bones. Six hours to endure. And with the bulls of Bashan, the enemy gaping upon him, the torment in the spirit worse than the pain in the flesh. And the Lord stood in the gap for me and for you. Amen. He calls us to stand up now. He calls us to come first and foremost. In the early morning of the day, brothers and sisters, the evil is manifesting out there in ways without precedent. If we aren't prayed up, we're walking into an ambush. This is a time of grave danger. And we must, we can't approach this hour as we approached life 10, 20 years ago. You know, as Jesus said to Peter, when you were young, you, you girded yourself and you went wherever you wished. You went and did whatever you wanted. I tell you, days are coming soon when others will come and they will bind you. You will no longer have the freedom you have today. And they will take you where you do not want to go. Is it not prudent to prepare to strengthen one's soul? Prepare to cleanse one's heart. For that hour of testing is severe, my friends. And it's coming soon. Hallelujah. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray you bring forth a word that is meet for this hour. For the remnant saints that have been called to listen in. Hallelujah. You know, I got a, um, I got a, 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 well, there's been so much. Let's just touch a few things. Uh, first of all, there was a, um, sort of a confidential intelligence report that came out today. Um, this is from multiple sources. I have not confirmed this, but other radio personalities have confirmed multiple sources have stated the situation is degrading rapidly. Have your go bags, equipment, and you and your family ready five. This is a time to be ready five and, and ready five means ready to move within five minutes. If your circumstances warrant your evacuation mm. and events are literally changing around the world, uh, whether this is um, a warning of something eminent or whether we have a little bit more time. I think it's, it's prudent advice that we be ready for a world to change right before our eyes. Uh, when pressed for details, um, there was no 
further information other than one source that said, and I quote, let me put this bluntly. This is simply not going to be an option for some of you much longer. You will be relocating. Whether you plan for it or not, things are deteriorating fast and you better be ready. And, you know, this patients have all the saints. To those who've been chosen for captivity, to captivity they go. Actually, to those who lead into captivity. And Frank, do you recall what verse that is in, in the scriptures, in Revelation? To those who lead into captivity, to captivity they must go. If wow. our lifestyle, if our lifestyle is leading others into the captivity of idolatry or sin. In Revelation 13.10. Ooh, 13. That's a, that's a powerful chapter. Yes. Um, he that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So those that are leading by example, you know, if you're walking in pride, if you're the, you know, if you're the people that continue to rely on the lie, then you're leading others into captivity by your example. You too must go into captivity soon. Those of you that choose to kill with the sword will die by the sword. The day that is ahead, astonishing scripture. Mm. And so we, we are quickly entering a world that has not. We've never seen anything like this. Just an update from the volcano in La Palma in the Canary Islands. A multiple vents have opened up. Steam is coming out of entire ridges. The government of the Canary Islands is warning the citizens to prepare for uh, earthquakes of uh, intensity of 6.0 or greater. And then there's the potential of catastrophic events that would include a, a major collapse of the volcanic shelf, which if this were to occur, would cause a mega tsunami to strike both the European and the Eastern seaboard coastland of America. And then the, the list just goes on. The economy's literally falling apart. Supply chain disruptions continue. The behind the scenes in the financial system, Frank, there's been a number of changes that have been occurring uh, first and foremost, the, the banking system seems to be showing fractures. Stress fractures are occurring. There, there's a, a liquidity a valve, if you will, a source of liquidity, which the banks access, uh, which is known as the overnight repo market, in which uh, banks uh, basically borrow money on an overnight basis in order to meet their minimum liquidity requirements under their lending ratios. And they will pledge collateral in the form of treasury notes or other collateral. And they will basically sell the collateral on an overnight basis with an obligation to repurchase it in the morning of the next day. And it allows them to change the cash on their balance sheet and meet their required um, capitalization ratios for the end of that business day. And then they sell the same paper the next day. The banks typically will sell this paper to each other, but the banks don't want to touch each other's credit risk. And as a result, the Federal Reserve System is now repurchasing the majority of this paper, having, they're now spending close to 1.5 trillion a day in acquiring all of this paper from the banking system, which is sort of an indication that there's a fear of credit risk that's massive inside the banks today, which would indicate we're getting very close to a financial meltdown. Um, not to get too technical, but within the derivatives space, and I'm talking about the, the mortgage derivatives, interest rate derivatives, currency derivatives, business risk derivatives, um, and the largest space of which is the interest rate derivatives, where commercial borrowers wish to exchange their variable interest rate risk for fixed interest rates because uh, the majority of corporate debt is either short-term and thus 
subject to refunding risk, which makes it in effect variable debt, or is variable itself. So the, the private companies, the public companies will engage in uh, derivative trades with the major money center banks in which they will sell the variable interest rate risk and they will purchase fixed interest rates. And, and that involves the private companies making a cash payment to the banks who are acquiring the variable interest rate risk. And so if interest rates go up quickly, uh, the corporate borrowers are protected by the derivative swap and the banks would incur the losses. Um, the size of the market is simply, well, it's, it's almost incomprehensible because the gr gross derivatives market totals approximately $400 trillion of notional value. What that means is these interest rate contracts are based on this notional amount. So, you know, if the contract is for changes in interest rates, if you have 400 trillion in notional value, a 1% move in interest rates is only $4 trillion in economic impact. Now, the majority of the banks will tell you that they have offset their business risk with a series of offset trades. So out of the $400 trillion, they're really only exposed to $3 trillion. The other $397 trillion has been you know, appropriately offset hedged with other institutions. And if you believe that, um, I've got a medical therapy I would recommend. You know, the, they're essentially representing that $400 trillion of, of interest rate risk can be traded among all the banks and reduced down to $3 trillion by everybody hedging everybody else. Well, obviously, that's absurd. And the first bank, the first counterparty to fail, the entire house of cards will collapse. Okay, so why am I mentioning this tonight? Well, the all of these contracts are denominated in a interest rate index known as LIBOR or the London Interbank Offer Rate. And it's the interest rate for interbank borrowing inside the European banking system with the central rate quoted in London for loans denominated in US dollars. And those interest rates have tracked along with US interest rates for the better part of the last century. However, um, we're now at a point where the banks are afraid to lend to each other. And so there's some severe risk that's facing the banking system. So not to be um, undone, they're, they're changing the, the index. They're changing the rules in the middle of the game. And they're changing the interest rate um, index from this overseas borrowing rate inside Europe to a secured overnight rate in the United States in US Treasury debt only, which is the, it's the playground or the backyard of the Federal Reserve Bank. So um, I don't know, maybe that was too abstract for most listeners to comprehend. Um, the essence of, of this change is that the Federal Reserve can protect the federal government by lending the, the federal government unlimited amounts of money during the next depression uh, on sh a short-term basis and thus keeping short-term interest rates low. And at the same time, they'll protect the banking in industry from having to pay off on, on any of these interest rate guarantees that they've, they've sold 400 trillion of them. Uh, none of them will pay. The banks will be protected. The government will be protected. Private business will be, well, not to choose a word, Wasted. let me say, destroyed. I was thinking destroyed, but wasted would work. Thank you, Frank. And, you know, but it's a perfect world in which um, the government will be the sole surviving entity that and the major global corporations. And, you know, we'll be ready to build back better in a strange new world. Um, and Benjamin is a small business owner. Folks, this is understanding what Benjamin says. Yes, it's technical, but I'm, it should be scary. Okay. If you understood what he was just talking about, this is all fictitious stuff. In a way, this is a, a bunch of the derivatives and all these things are happening on stuff that really, in essence, only exists because somebody says it exists. And we are living in such a uh, the collapse is so imminent and so close, um, Benjamin, from what you were talking about and everything that's going on. I, I don't think people understand uh, how fragile we are living in right now of a market. Of, of, of a house of cards that's actually built on nothing. 
Well, it's built on fiat money. That is, yeah, fiat. Uh, well, exactly. It's yeah, yes, it's, it's fake. Paper. Exactly. There's no there's no tangible asset to back it. Hardly anymore. I mean, you know, we, we went away from the gold standard, obviously, but it's print it as you want. Make it up. Put it in. Put an extra zero at the end in your in your computer, and it's done. Well, you know, this entire fiat system had its origin in the year 1971, which, you know, coincidentally was basically what, 50 years ago. <laughs> and um, at the time we went off the gold standard and we, we went to strictly fiat money, but the, just to give you an example of from whence we've come today, the federal debt is approaching $30 trillion. Interest on the deficit is 500 billion because interest rates are near 1.3%, 1.5%. The annual deficit with all of this socialist liberal spending um, is now approaching two to, you know, if, if this stimulus plan passes, it could be three or, or more trillion dollars. These are unthinkable numbers. If, if we go back to the last time there was a major currency crisis in the United States and a major interest rate crisis, we'd have to go back to the 1970s with the inflation that accelerated throughout the decade. And ultimately with the actions of Paul Volcker and the, the Federal Reserve uh, in 1979, Volcker raised short-term interest rates from 11% to 20% overnight. It sent the country into a tailspin uh, there was a global recession, in part the result of the revolution in Iran, in which the Shah was deposed. The Iranian um, Shiites came to power. Ayatollah Khomeini came to power. There was an oil embargo on the West, an energy shock, and, and the perfect storm of high interest rates and, and an energy shock. And, and as a result, the, Frank, get this, the federal annual deficit exploded from 40 billion to 80 billion dollars in 1979 and at the time the aggregate national debt of the federal government was 800 billion we are running 3 trillion dollar deficits today but 40 years later so yeah the, the sh we've gone off the edge of the cliff it's like a it's the Roadrunner cartoon. And like Wiley e. Coyote, we're, we're about to have that moment of realization where the look on the face is terminal now because there's no way this financial system survives. The dollar as the reserve currency of the world, its days are numbered. And, you know, I'm sure they are prepping the system for how to operate through the crash. But, you know, this is all coming to a head at the same time as these fascist controls being imposed on our free society now. And, it, you know, what we're looking at in terms of the changing social landscape here in America, this is a deliberate, continuous effort to destroy the freedoms of our republic. This is intentional. And these actions are part of a larger, shall I say, satanic agenda. And, you know, this, this isn't even gotten to full speed. They're going to take this all the way to launch the new world order. And, you know, Frank, as we were talking before the show, I had looked at the prophecies in Jeremiah, the 70 years of prophecy in Jeremiah 25, 12, in which God said ancient Babylon would, would rule and then be judged and had seen the parallels to the judgment of America at the end of the age which is the land of the Chaldeans. And I would direct anybody that's not heard all of that to go back and find some of the back YouTube messages so you can hear the details because the, the message is profound. And, and so we were looking for the beginning of the fall of Babylon and the war against America to start either somewhere during the 70th year, which we had bookmarked as March of 2020, to March 2021, or immediately after its expiration. And lo and behold, a biological event occurred in which a bioweapon was released. Some would speculate accidentally. 
Other people would argue intentional, but in any event, weapons of mass destruction were unleashed on the planet. And if you look at communist China's publicly announced military doctrines over the last 10 years, they talk candidly and specifically about initiating war with the West using biological weapons. What a coincidence that we're here today. I, interesting, Benjamin, when you first mentioned this, okay, back when it very first began, begun that this was a bioweapon, I thought, okay, you know, I love Benjamin. I've known him for 20 some years, but I don't know if it's a bioweapon. Well, I'm just folks, I'm just coming clean, okay? How I felt at first. But it ended up he was actually right. And now it's everybody knows it is. It's in the news that's admitted. We are now, now it's no longer a question that that's what it was. It's amazing how quickly what seemed to be absolute pulp fiction in the beginning, what seemed to be so no way that's possibly a bioweapon now has been proven that that's what it was. I just I, sorry. I just that that's the my journey to getting here, Benjamin. I didn't believe it right at first. I was a little hesitant, but you nailed it. It, it was. Well, and you were the first person I know that said it. Well, I said it as soon as the thing started because I discerned it by the Holy Spirit. And only, you know, later did the medical experts begin to come forward and say, whoa, this has got gene editing. There's there's splices of HIV. There's a there's a a um, there's a mad cow, you know, protein. Uh, 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 the top of that little spike is actually going to cause mad cow disease. You know, this is the ultimate bioweapon. And I, Frank, I don't know if you caught that little um video it was a zoom call by the communist chinese party that yeah. circulated i think i sent it around did you listen to that little minute video um yes actually yeah i thought i sent that to you you must send it to me okay my dad anyways yes i saw it i was trying to find somebody that spoke chinese to confirm it yeah i would love if any of our listeners have seen what we're talking about we would love to have um chinese um, linguists confirm those translations, but but if you read the official writings of the military leadership in China, they you know they basically spell out, look, you know, it's a lot easier to have an accidental release of a biological weapon that kills a significant portion of the enemy's population than to have to fight them at full strength. And, you know, it's, it's even easier if the military that's defending your enemy is intentionally, mandatorily exposed to these weapons. Then you pretty much have a free reign. You know, if, if that's really what's going on, then it would seem like, you know, we're going to wait at least a fair number of months before this thing goes completely, oh, what do they call it, lethal. You know, before we go kinetic, right? But in any event, you know, these days have come upon us, you guys. Um, you know, I know I have angered a lot of people. I lost about a third of my listening audience by coming out against some of the just the the nonsensical issues that are being that are being bantered about today to try to divide us. You know, the the moon is made of cheese. No. The moon is not a big cheesecake in the sky, okay? The moon's actually a spherical planet, or it's a micro planet, if you will. But, you know, all of this stuff, everybody's trying to reason this through. You know, what do we do? Where do we go? How do we save ourselves? Well, you've already lost, if that's your motivation, because Jesus told us, if any man seeks to save himself, in this hour, you will lose your life. And look, Frank, as you were, as you were being candid, and I, I, you know what, this is a time for the remnant to, to just fully embrace the truth. You know, let's all be candid. I mean, to a great extent, all of us have had motivations to save our lives. Um, I mean, how many of us are really on the page of no, Lord, I'd rather lose my life for you now. Um, I mean, that takes, you've got to get out of the mind of the flesh. 
before you can get out of the mind of the flesh. And the flesh has a survival instinct. If we're walking around under the dominion of the fallen knowledge of good and evil, walking in the carnal understanding of a mortal man, I got news for you. You're going to be worried about protecting your comfort zone, protecting your pride and your ego. Then you're going to be worried about how you eat. What's your favorite food? Then you'll be looking for entertainment or whatever pleasures might suit you. And hey, you know what? If there's a little extra time, we might just read our Bible and pray a little. That's just how it is. But if you have come to the end of yourself, none of that's going to matter. And, and the end is facing all of us. The only question is, where do you confront the end? Are you going to be confronted by the end of yourself when you're sitting in some kind of detention facility? Eating food contained with containing drugs. I mean, if you, if you end up in a detention facility, you sure better begin fasting because you don't want to eat anything, although the water will likely be contaminated as well. I mean, the time for us to come out of our daydream is now to wake from our sleep. Amen. And, and folks, just a side note on the detention. Benjamin, I think it was in your testimony. If you haven't heard the testimony, there's two parts on the remnant call of Benjamin's life. You need to go back and listen to it. It's the testimony of Benjamin Baruch. It's, I think it's called Good Grief or something like that. Anyways, go back and listen to that. He talks about what the Lord showed him years ago in this. Um, you, if you've never heard it, you need to go listen to that. Brother, sorry, I just needed to, to mention that for a moment. Hallelujah. Yeah, well, the Lord showed me. I got Frank. I actually got to live for seven days in what I, to me, was the Great Tribulation. Okay. Now, nobody else on the planet was in the Great Tribulation. I was there pretty much by myself, um, but it was real. And, you know, Frank, the probably one of the most well, I'll just be blunt, terrifying parts of the entire ordeal was at nighttime, these demonic creatures literally surrounded my house and they were like howling and screaming, you know, and, and I went out the next day, Frank, and I could see the claws in the, in the grass and in the ground. And these footprints were like a foot. Okay. I mean, like an eagle that would be the size of, you know, a water buffalo had landed or something. I mean, I, I, I'm not, you know, some people can take my testimony and dismiss it as impossible. But I'm actually bearing witness to the truth. The abyss is going to open. This demonic is coming out into the world the people that are going to worship the beast are being transformed into the devils that they follow, into the devils that have possessed them. And they're going to go all the way. And that's actually what's in the stars right now, though. God created the stars as signs and, and as a, a, a way to warn the people. If, if you look at the stars right now, the, the satanic planet, which is Saturn, and it doesn't have, it's not representing the Sabbath. It's representing Satan. It's in the, the constellation, which the modern name is Capricorn. It represents the transformed nature. Well, the world is being transformed into the devils that they serve right before our eyes. And could one of the reasons be they're all being defiled with they're, they're literally, they're, their temples are being defiled. They're being polluted with, with who knows what these things are. But they clearly include the fragments of the DNA of, of babies that were murdered. And people are ingesting this. This is being placed in their bodies. And their temples are being defiled. I have a, a good friend that is adamant that this is the abomination that makes desolate. <laughs> Certainly it's part of it. 
as it manifests in the world. Others are saying, well, this is really the mark. Well, it's sure leading us down that road. If it is not the mark itself, it's conditioning the people. When suddenly everyone's told, you know, you have to receive a tattoo, three sets of six digits in the hand or the forehead, these people have already been conditioned to obey. Freedom, that's gone. It's all tyranny and mutation now. Transformations that are too hard to find. The people are being overcome and turned to red. Soon they will be worshiping the red dragon himself and the beast and the false prophet that will give homage unto the beast. We're not far from these things are happening right before our eyes. And still we can get almost nobody to fast and pray. Frank, what are we collectively the dumbest group of Christians to ever walk the planet? Or are we under the greatest delusion ever? Well, it was called the great falling away and it has affected every one of us. There's no one that's been spared. The only difference is in the majority of the people, they don't recognize the delusion. They still think they've got the absolute truth. They got, there's nothing wrong with them. They got nothing to repent of, but they walk without any anointing. They're, they're devoid of power. These signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out devils. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Show me where that's happening today. And no, that wasn't just for the time of the disciples. That was for all time under the new covenant. And, you know, one of the craziest things I heard, Frank, and I'll kind of maybe wrap up with this. A friend of mine was telling me, you know, the admonition in scripture where Jesus said, you know, my disciples are, are not able to fast and pray now because the bridegroom is still with them. But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away. And in those days, my true disciples will fast and pray. And this person had said, well, Jesus is still with us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And so the bridegroom hasn't left yet. So, you know, their fasting and prayer has no basis in the Christian church. Well, I got news for you. The dragon has been preaching his lies inside the sanctuary for years. And that's one of Satan's biggest lies. If you look at all these new Bible versions, whether it's the NIV or the New King James or whatever, and I don't want to get into all that because I kind of prefer the original manuscripts in Hebrew and Greek myself, but if you look at these new translations, one thing they all share in common is they all delete the references to fasting with prayer. So, you know, if there's one thing the enemy's afraid of is that we might start actually fasting and praying because he's going to start losing ground at that point. Man, but, I guess the Apostle Paul didn't get the same message your buddy got Um he, for some reason, thought we were supposed to be fasting. And, and I, I, I'm, yeah, it's amazing how he got a message opposite of what Apostle Paul days. got. Yeah, the, yeah, we were supposed to be laboring and watching and fastings often. You know, all these things were supposed to be happening, not just once or twice, but often. You got to take spiritual authority today to even be able to fast and pray. You know, I mean, it. It, it is hard today. The spiritual resistance against us is like the, it's like the iron curtain that descended on Eastern Europe. You know, fasting was, was a little bit uncomfortable five years ago or 10 years ago, but it was not that big a deal, right? I mean, you just had to set your mind to it and you could fast for a day, two, three days, you know, if you, longer, if you, if you could, take the time away from physical work. But, you know, now it, it is a struggle. There is a hindrance in the spirit. You got to engage in spiritual warfare to even be able to fast and pray. But I'll tell you, it is still the force that moves mountains. And when Jesus's disciples could not deliver that person that was oppressed by the devil and the, the father brought the son to Jesus and said, your disciples couldn't cast this devil out. And Jesus was actually 
Well, he rebuked the disciples as a faithless and unbelieving generation. Then they asked him, you know, why couldn't we cast out the devil? You know, they had had success previously in praying for people. They had success in miracle healings and in deliverance. And now they ran into a case where they had no success at all. And Jesus said to them, if you had the faith of a mustard seed. And then he also said, but nevertheless, this kind only will come out by fasting and prayer. And so what's the one thing Satan is absolutely adamant in stopping? You seriously fasting and praying. Because that's the only way that you're going to overthrow the satanic forces that have come against you and your family or come against the rest of the remnant. And, you know, we all find a convenient reason to disregard the instructions of the Lord. You know, I, I remember it was 1978 and you know, this is part of my testimony. The Lord literally came to my house and, and said, I want you to do me a favor. And I said, you know, what do you want me for, Lord? I'm backslidden. I, I'm lost. I'm not even saved. I, I, thought I, I thought I had lost my salvation at that point. And the Lord said to me, I want you to pray for the babies being murdered in America. And I said, why do you want me to pray? You know, I wasn't trying to be a smart aleck. I was just, these were honest questions. I said, why do you want me to pray? What, you know, what good is my prayer going to do? Why don't you just get your church to pray? Right. And the Lord answered and said, I've asked my church to pray and they won't pray. I didn't know what to do with that statement, but I asked the Lord, I said, well, what's wrong with your church? And the Lord wouldn't talk to me about the church at that point. He, he just responded and said, I just want you to pray. Well, today, God's calling his people to fast and pray. And, you know, are we going to be the disobedient church that is going to just ignore the Lord? God called. He's commanded fasting and prayer at the end of the age. Go read the book of Joel. It's only three pages. You'll Believe me, you can find five minutes in your busy schedule to fit the word of God into your life. Go read the book of Joel, and it's, it's dealing with the generation that sees these things coming upon them. That would be us, brothers and sisters. And the admonition is to gather in solemn assemblies, which means get together with a small group of people who who are really going to seek the Lord. And they're not going to play some religious charismatic game. Those people will leave. You know, they'll leave you stranded in the outer court because a mixed multitude cannot enter in. You got to find a couple of sincere people that mean business with God that will get together in a, in a weekend of fasting and prayer and then confess your sins one to another. Divide the groups, male and females, so the, the men and the women can get real with it, their brothers or their sisters and let's confess our sins one to another. Let's fast and pray. Let's stand in the gap. Let's fast and pray until we begin to weep for our sins and we begin to weep for what's about to happen to our country. We begin to, begin to weep to what's about to happen to our children and our children's children. And if not your children, then your neighbor's children. Or Maybe we just don't care. Maybe we're, you know, we are just part of that last day's generation that is the most wicked from the inception of history in which men have become lovers of their own self. And it doesn't matter to them what's going to happen to another. It's all about us, you know, being happy and getting what we want. If, you know, as Hezekiah said, as long as it doesn't happen to me, I'm good. And the Lord was furious. Go read the text. The Lord rebuked Hezekiah for having no concern what was going to happen to the next generation. You know, if we won't fast and pray for ourselves, what about for our children? What about the grandchildren? What about the babies, the little kids, the two-year-olds, the four-year-olds? They don't know the difference between their right hand and their left. Look at the world that we've left for them. The church went on a vacation we, won't, we woke up in hell. 
There's only one way out of here, brothers and sisters. We got to go 100% for the kingdom. Turn off your television. The prudent shall keep silent. Don't say a word unless you're certain the Holy Spirit told you to speak. All you're doing is identifying yourself. People that have chosen the witchcraft, the people that have chosen to follow the beast, and they are many, you don't even want to talk to them. You don't want to engage them. You don't want to let them know who you are. This is the time to follow the admonitions in Isaiah chapter 26. And I'll leave you guys with this. Let's just read this here for one second. Lord, I thank you for your word of truth. Like a woman who is with child, drawing near the time of her delivery is in pain and cries out in her pain. Are you in pain tonight, dear listener? Have you been crying out in pain? Are you about to give birth to the kingdom of God? Or are you just comfy in Babylon and the things of your flesh? Are you just hoping that you can watch the great tribulation on television from your, from the comfort of your living room, sitting in your easy chair with your, you know, all your hoarded food and your silver and your gold. And so that you can lift your house up on high. And, and so the desolation will pass you by. You are dreaming. If that is your case, this thing's going to blow your house down. Or are you like the remnant who are now with child? drawing near the time and this time draws near us and, and so we are in pain and we cry out in our pain so the remnant has been in thy sight O lord we've been with child we've been in pain we have as it were brought forth only the wind we've not wrought any deliverance in the land neither have the inhabitants of the world fallen we're not winning this spiritual war the church has been losing ground to both the world and the enemy. We've already lost the nation and we've lost most of the churches. By dead men shall live together with my dead body shall they arise. Only those who lose their life for his sake will be the ones who arise in this time. Awake and sing you that dwell in the dust. Those are the ones who've already surrendered their life for the dew. Thy dew is as the dew of herbs. We will lay we will, we will rest in his hand. He will hide us in the earth until the time is at hand. And then the dew from heaven will come down upon the righteous remnant. And the earth will cast out the dead. And the remnant shall rise as if it were from the dead. And God's admonition is to his people, come now and enter into your prayer chambers. And shut the door behind you and hide yourself for a little moment. Until this indignation has passed us by. For behold, the Lord is coming forth out of his place to punish the earth and its inhabitants for their iniquity and for the evil that is being done in the land. And the earth will also disclose her blood and no more cover her slain. And in that day, the Lord will come with a great and a strong sword and he will punish the great devil, Leviathan, the piercing serpent, the crooked serpent, and he will slay the red dragon that rules in the sea of humanity. And in that day, sing unto the vineyard, a vineyard of red wine. I, the Lord, do keep my vineyard, and I water it every moment. And I thank the Lord for that. Every time we pray, every time we lift our hands, every time we call upon the name of Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes. The Lord pours out the living water, lest we would perish in the way lest anyone hurt it. He keeps it night and day. Fury is not in me, says the Lord. Who would set briars and thorns against me in battle? I would go through them and burn them all together. The Lord is not furious with his little vineyard. Oh, let him take hold of my strength that he may make peace with me and he shall make peace with me. Hallelujah. He shall cause them to come Amen. forth out of Jacob to take root. And Israel will blossom and bud. New life is coming. The best days ever are coming for the remnant. The worst days ever are coming for everyone else. Amen. And the thing that separates us is the remnant are willing to die for Jesus' sake. That the life of Christ might be fashioned in us. And you know that that death concept, picking up your cross, all of those I, you know, concepts of the scripture, those are not metaphors. This is reality. You either are walking it out or you are not. 
but I got news for you. What's coming is not a metaphor. I beseech thee in the name of the Lord, weigh carefully my words to you this day. And may God bless you richly as you seek his name with all your heart. Amen. Amen. Folks, listen, this birthing process, you're going to either birth the kingdom or there's another birth coming in Jeremiah chapter 30. It talks about it's like men that are giving birth. That's how bad the fear that is coming. For it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, or excuse me, in verse six, ask ye now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman and travail and all faces turned into paleness. Folks, you're going to give birth one way or another. It's going to happen to everybody, but it's going to be a birthing of confidence and faith and, and understanding that our God is here. Or it's going to be a birth of fear and paleness. And God is wanting the best. As brothers Benjamin's talking about, he's wanting us as the remnant to be useful, to be confident in the days that we're going through, that he is our fight warrior. He is the one who's standing there. We are to stand for others, and he is standing for us. And God will be there to fight for us. But I'm telling you, folks, what's coming is so bad. But God doesn't want us to live in fear. That's for the enemy. That's for the devil. That's for his children. That's not for God's children. Brother, thank you for what you shared tonight. It was timely and well-needed message. God bless you, brother, for sharing with us this evening. Amen. I would also you know, ask the audience, you guys, remember Frank and I in your prayers. You know, in many ways, we're kind of walking point on this deal. And, um, you know, the opposition that we attract is... Uh, unusually intense. And so we, we covet your prayers. You know, we don't, we don't take offerings. We don't have PayPal tabs on our websites. We're, you know, we do all of this uh, as a love offering to the Lord and, and for the purpose of blessing and equipping his people. But we sorely need your prayers. Your family needs your prayers. The saints of the kingdom need your prayers. We are not praying enough. There is an absence of prayer. You guys, we are slacking in a time that we need to be getting ready for the biggest battle of our lives. So let's make a quick change in this reality and let's all make a point of getting up early and beginning to, to start every day in the place of prayer. And, um, you know, I would recommend going back and listening to the spiritual warfare uh, messages as well, because with your prayer and praise, also take authority. And, and execute the judgment written in the spirit world for the defense of God's people and the deliverance of his children in Jesus name. Absolutely. Praise God. Thank you, brother, for being on the program tonight, folks. Listen, time is short, but God is in control. This thing's going to get bad, but he will protect. He will save. He will deliver. Uh, and, and folks, that's, that's all you need to worry about is your relationship right now with God. You don't need to worry about the world. You don't need to worry about Joe uh, Biden. You don't listen. He's just a pawn in a larger game of what's being played by the red dragon, but he will lose. The Lord will win. As brother Benjamin said, just read Joel, just read the whole. There's three chapters. It doesn't take very long. The Lord's going to explain it all out. Take his advice, follow it just as he said, and you won't have anything to worry about. That's not my promise. That's the Lord's brother. Thank you. God bless you. This is brother Frank and brother Benjamin on the remnant call saying to everybody, good night and shalom. Trumpet in Zion, sounding on the mountain. The trumpet in Zion.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.